My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Be divided! Um, uh... <laughs> Welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Colin. I'm not Fixer. I mean, not Josh. I mean, just Josh. <laughs> I'm Star. I'm Christian. I'm Cap. And I'm Hunter. And this is the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We have a lot to break down. This is the episode 15 and 16, season 2 finale of The Bad Batch. Um... Just really quick, the reason why I did the whole Tom Kane thing is because I missed Tom Kane's voice at the beginning of every single like Clone Wars episode, and I'm sad that we didn't really get that <laughs> except episode one of the Bad yeah. Batch. Yeah, so um, prayers to him though because of of what he went through. But yeah, no, I um uh, I I I love this episode. Um, it really carried it really carried this week, and with all the Easter eggs and everything, I was blown away. Uh, spoiler alert! You know, there's no there's no Delta Squad as everyone that you Tragedy. are listening to right now was hoping for. Yeah. Why do you even <laughs> have us on? Okay, well, with that being said, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, no, I I I love the episode. Um, how do we feel about the just everything all together, the season building up to this? Most of the theories that we had were right. Um, how did we except feel? Delta about, except Delta Squad. You're, you, as Kylo said, you have to let the past die. Like just, <laughs> no. Just, uh-uh. That's the villain. You're not supposed to listen to the villain. That's the whole point. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and here's another spoiler. Does anyone want my tech um, Black Series? Because <laughs> no, he's no longer. Um... Hey, don't, don't drop him. <laughs> oh man the yeah velocity of a uh, unladen tech <laughs> yikes oh man yeah no there was a lot of emotion just throughout like this whole season but getting to this point was amazing and seeing some characters that we have seen before and um and seeing some characters go um you know it's a it's a it's a whole thing so w- w- with that being said, Josh, take it away, man. I mean, not Fixer. I mean, not Josh. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I'm confused too. Uh, so this episode opens uh, starting with the summit. Uh, we open on Pabu. Echo is still there. We have an establishing shot with uh, the Marauder and Echo's ship. And we kind of have a repeat of where last episode ended. We have Tech describing, you know, who Michael Jackson is. Uh, what his role is in how the science division is kind of evolving. I was so thrown off for a second. I forgot the joke from last week. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a recap, and it really lets us know, like, hey, this is this is a two parter. They're kind of setting everything up as a kind of in case you missed it thing to really make sure you're set for everything that's coming. Mm-hmm. No, that wasn't that much. Uh, and then we go to the batch saying goodbye to Pabu for what felt like temporary at the time, but for what we know now is probably going to be a permanent mainstay for a good deal of time. Uh, and text goodbye to not Indiana Jones. I forgot her name. Fee. 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 And uh, text goodbye to Fee, which 
was yeah because yeah, he, he didn't know how to say goodbye but he was still standing outside so you knew he wanted to but how it came across he was like you just leave without saying goodbye yeah that's the goal <laughs> i kind of saw that coming because of like yeah. uh as you said we saw tech get a lot of screen time this season and we you know kind of saw the camera kind of angle on him more um i was hoping i mean again you know our hope is that you know hey everyone's gonna live happily ever after and tech and fee would you know have a couple of kids or something but you know what life isn't fair uh sometimes you just fall to your doom and life may change isn't fair you may get a metal arm with a star on it you never know yeah uh then we go to the summit thrawn's summit location uh where we have because Dave can't help himself. We now have paint on the Ralph McQuarrie stormtroopers because why not have more armor styles with, I'm pretty sure clone wars, pauldron directions, the pauldrons over their left shoulder mm -hmm. instead of their Imperial right shoulder, yeah. like clones transitioned to in season one, which was off putting for me. I don't yeah. know if it matters that much. It doesn't, but it, it was threw me off too. Yeah. Um, but you know, shock troopers continuing through. I mean, we saw regular stormtroopers, shock troopers in Battlefront, uh, Battlefront 2. So yep. that's, that's all normal and all well and good. Um, V wings are really prevalent in the opening stages of this empire. They look sick, they do look, yes, great. they, they do. Look uh, tech finds a landing place for the Marauder, Marauder comes down, lands on an island, and then we get a nice little way of them trying to find how to get to the summit how to find their way there um personally i was hoping that the trains would resemble more of the trains from solo uh i mean they yeah. had the double pod design but they instead of having a center rail they were hanging on their own which yeah personally i think it wouldn't have hurt much to just raise them up and have that continuity uh, mean, they did feel a lot like ski lifts um, yeah. yeah the first thing yeah. that i thought i was like hey but Whatever. Hey, look, it's a gondola. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, it's the Skyliner. Yeah. Yep. Basically. Uh, and then, of course, because they got to make it hurt, we get another instance of Tech being invaluable to the team with him, you know, going on up, hacking in so that, you know, the sensors won't notice them, adding weight, I guess, to the train. And then they get on and then they arrive safe and sound to the summit but only with the security guards checking stuff. They're, they're starting to go through their procedures and starting to see why things are going down. And soon we learn that it's pretty evident that the Bad Batch aren't the only people there. Uh, and we learn a little bit more about that soon. Uh, Director Krennic pays off here. Uh, yeah. A lot of Rogue One in this episode, but we saw Krennic and we got a voice line from what I think was a deleted Rogue One line or taken from Rogue One. I don't think yeah, for it. Because I don't think he I don't think um that the actor actually came back and did it. But at this time he's not a director, he is a commander. Very good point. Um, right yeah. And when I was watching it for the first time, the lighting was kind of off for me in that shot. So I thought it was Admiral Yularn. Yularn. Um because the shadow kind of made him kind of look like he had a beard. And I was like, wait, it looks like him, but it doesn't look like him. And then when they actually zoomed down his face, it was like, that's Krennic. That's cool. And then they just kept talking. And then I was like, oh, cool. Stardust. They just 
full, went full out and yeah. said it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I a hundred percent thought the entire meeting was going to be about the Death Star because of what the hollow table was. It's just yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In my yeah. circle with you know Venators and everything else, but it had that general layout where I was like, are they literally just going to Death Star for a couple minutes? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved so, that whole meeting sequence. That was just such a. Uh, it just felt like the perfect evil um, conference. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, I've sat in conferences like this for science, <laughs> but instead, it's just going to be evil people talking about plans. I mean, cool. so not as evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was going to say, I'm not sure what science division that you're about, but if you're building a Death Star, count me in. Like, like box. <laughs> <laughs> Evil rocks. Yeah, so uh, this scene really worked really well to establish more of Michael Jackson with his peers. You know, showcase how this evil doctor works within the ranks of Moff Tarkin and Krennic and everything else. I hope you guys realize, I don't know his actual name. I know. I figured because you kept on Michael Jackson. Dr. Hemlock. It's it's Hemlock, you know, like the poison. Just, no, just Michael Jackson. Really subtle there. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Filoni named him incorrectly. It's not my fault. Uh, oh. <laughs> hey, Dave Filoni, you hear that? <laughs> not not Fixer, not Josh is calling you out. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, but yeah, so after we get that, we reestablish with the Batch. Uh, their entire goal for arriving to the summit is putting a tracking beacon on Michael Jackson's ship so they can find out where Mount Tantuses and hopefully save Crosshair. Uh, so we connect with them and then they split up. We have Hunter and Tech and Echo going off to check why on earth cameras are starting to be disabled and also get the ship's manifest to find out which ship is Hemlocks. Uh, and Wrecker and Omega stay behind to place a tracking beacon. Eventually it's placed. Uh, Tech, Tech and Hunter split from Echo to try and find out specifically why other cameras are being disabled. And they run into two TKs in disguise. Uh, and we re-meet with Saw Gerrera for the first Not time in that. a lot of episodes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a very surprising cameo for me. Yeah. What did you all think was the cause behind these cameras being turned off before we met Saw? I was hoping it was like going to be a commando takeover. Oh my like, gosh! No. Come on, that was my hope. But yeah, is no. uh, this how you guys felt like every week when I would just bring up Indiana Jones? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I know but worse. Yeah. Yeah, worse. <laughs> yeah. So you know what, yeah. Colin, you just have to deal with it. Yeah. No, I thought that. I thought this is that our show was- now. Oh. Yeah. I thought that Hemlock was trying to lure them in. Part of me okay, thought yeah. that. I was like, yeah. oh, maybe he's trying to like set them up and like get the rest of the batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my my whole brain was, was like, channeling Akbar with, it's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah. It's for a, trap. a little bit, I was feeling like that Hemlock was luring him in because yeah. he, he told Crosshair in the last episode, oh, you know how they think. So he might have been like, he used some sort of drugs or whatever to get crosshair to comply and basically get crosshair to help him capture the batch yeah yeah well i thought that because he knew that crosshair sent out a message that he would have expected that crosshair gave them some information about like him or something and so i was like well now he's going to be expecting them 
to come try to find Crosshair. And so, of course, he's trying to lure them because they'll bring Omega. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I was wrong. Apparently not. And apparently Scorch is completely unable to determine who was flying the Marauder because that never paid never off. Never came back up. Yeah. But that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> bombs go off. Bing, bada, bing, bing, boom. And uh, we have Michael Jackson, Tarkin, Krennic, and then Bald Dude oh being locked <laughs> with shock troopers. Bald Dude. That's my favorite that's character. Gosh. Bald Dude? That's that was cool Max Rebo. I mean, actually, was also bald. But do we know who bald guy is? Uh he, he was we've in. Seen bald guy before. Yes, because of we've seen his character in a New Hope. We also see his character uh, in uh, in Rogue One because of he talks to um, he talks to Tarkin, uh, and he says that the plans are on Scarif, and then um, he's like, "Hey, we should probably end up going to Scarif," and they end up going to Scarif because of bald guy. So yep. if bald guy wasn't there, Scarif would have been fine. So bald guy's important. Uh, bald guy's important. As bombs are going off, we see Saw and his accomplice get into a shuttle and escape, and the batch are left to commandeer a ski lift, if that's what we're calling it now. <laughs> uh, they get on the ski lift, and eventually it stops. They are stuck as a power surge turns off the entire gear system, that's where we end on this episode. Mm -hmm. We end on the cliffhanger of uh, two tram cars, basically being stuck on their way out of the Orlando airport. Mm -hmm. and I think you mean ski lift hanger, not cliffhanger. Ski lift, <laughs> ski lift hanger. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, I mean, at this point, personally, I gave up on seeing Delta squad. Oh yeah! Like to me, this oh, the cliffhanger yeah. here between these two episodes to me felt so small and so almost insignificant compared to what we had last season. Tell us how you really feel, Josh. <laughs> we had the destruction of Camino, like something that can't be fixed, and yeah. then we went to like, oh no, my the tram wheel. stopped. <laughs> so here's it's my broken. question. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question for, for for all of you is if I mean because Delta Squad isn't there, where are they then? That's where do you think they are? Dead. Let, let's wait until Scorch yeah. appears to Good. rant about that. Let's talk about the episode itself for now. <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah. that was the part in the episode where like I don't know, you said at the beginning that a lot of our predictions came true, and a lot of mine did not. So I'm just gonna say that I was predicting Clone Rebellion, storming Mount Tantus, yeah. a lot of stuff. Yes. And I think this was the point where I was like, oh man, I'm wrong. Like, we're we're not going to Tantus. We do not have enough time. We do oh, not no. have enough time to mistakes. get Crosshair. We don't have enough time to to do a lot of the things that I had predicted. Like, we don't wow. have time to rendezvous with Rex and have a Clone Rebellion and see Cody yeah. again. And all the things that I had predicted at this point, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the, like, we're in train cars and we're not gonna we're not gonna see a lot of those bigger predictions that i had no. imagined which uh, that's i'm not saying it's necessarily bad i'm just saying that's where the moment i was like oh wow i was off i was Season off three, i do has think, a lot to live up to i do think Sorry. that what we saw in this episode and the next one is still setting up for all of that to happen next season though just in a different season. yeah yeah no. yeah. yeah yeah this Looking back on this season, I I finished watching the episodes and then I looked at season one and I just like went through at three in the morning or whatever 
and just like out loud said, great, great, eh, eh, okay, like rating them as I went along. And I was like, you know what? Season one felt so much more like everything paid off that was there. Yeah. Like almost everything that was there paid off within the season. It felt whole. And then I looked at this season and even just after this one, I remember it ending and I felt just as stuck as the batch did on their tram car. And I was like, you know, this like, where's this, where's this going? How is this going to pay off our mid season finale? How's this going to pay off Cody? How's this going to pay off the th- three crosshair episodes we've had before this, like all this stuff that we've had in this season, almost the only thing that felt like it was going to be directly paid off was Sid and Tex love relationship ish with uh Fi? Fee? Fee. Fee. Not Fi. Fee. Fee. He's a treasure hunter. It's her finder's fee. Finder's ah. fee. Now I'm just confused even more. But like I, I felt like those are the only things being paid off. And I was I'm I'm really concerned about how we're gonna look at this season in like two years time. And if we're gonna think of it as just kind of the Oh yeah, that season existed just to set stuff up for the future. It, like it yeah, set up it, all these other seasons of shows or the new Dave Filoni show rather than that felt like a whole and complete season I could rewatch. Yeah. You're muted, Cap. Oh. Awkward. Thank you. Um, no, I kind of felt like this season finale actually felt like a mid-season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think to your point, I liked a lot of the episodes in this season, but you kind of could have skipped from episode one of season two, picked a couple episodes, and then jumped right to this um, yeah. finale. You, can, oh. you could keep all the Indiana Jones stuff, but other than that, <laughs> right, right. You, just, you, you can yeah, condense almost all of season two into about two and a half hours worth of bad yeah. 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 Interestingly, yeah. I'm kind of drawing connections to this season, to season seven of the Clone Wars. Not in the Siege of Mandalore arc, but in the opening two arcs where the Bad Batch arc felt a little out of place, where I'm feeling the same thing for this clone rebellion led by Rex and Echo and Nemec and Fireball and Gregor, where it felt like they were establishing them for the next Dave Filoni show rather than establishing them as a recurring thing within the Bad Batch show itself. Right. But now the, with the events that just happened, they are going to have to tie that in. And my guess too, is that season three is going to be the final season. And the reason why I say that is because they're slowly running out of ideas um uh there's a lot to don't get me wrong there's a lot to build off all these characters like a delta squad show there's so much there yeah (laughs) um but they are just i mean because of there were a lot of episodes that definitely felt like oh here's a side quest here's a side quest And, and that's totally fine uh but going forward you can't do that two seasons in a row because that's just something that i that not everyone's gonna be you know excited about as much as we are because for most of the people that i've talked to they're like yeah i stopped watching season two of the bad batch like seven episodes ago i lost interest because i kept going on side quests and 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 not everyone has the patience for that and that's totally fine but i think for season three it definitely needs to um they definitely need to uh, kind of pick up the game, get to the actual um, 
plot and kind of go on that drive because we had that in season one. It was like, boom, order 66. How do we survive post order 66? And that's what the whole season was about. And that was great. And we got where we wanted to go. And now we're here and we're going in side quest left and right. I will say I, I sort of disagree with some of that. Okay. Um, I think that having all these side quests is a very classic clone Wars thing. Yes. And within the last year in star Wars, we've been very conditioned to having very, very significant and deliberate story progression in every episode due to Andor, as well as the end of season one of the bad batch. And I think that as much as like, we all wanted to see, just direct clone storyline progression and all this it's not out of character or a bad thing it isn't what we were necessarily hoping for and i do i do agree with you that we are definitely heading towards the the final season mostly just based off of the storyline that they are hinting at now, even uh, I don't think it was Tarkin. It was one of the other commanding officers there said that um, like, Hey, what do we do if all these clones decide to like band together? Yeah. And then take up arms. Yeah. And I think that's hinting towards what we were all predicting. Like, like I mentioned to start earlier, it seems like, those predictions seem to be trending towards being true for the next season. So my argument with that is the every side quest and every kind of side mission episode that we had for the Clone Wars was, you know, it was the Clone Wars, right? So you had a variety of characters that you could follow. Yeah, I I can follow Fisto and Shakti and Plo Koon, all those characters, right? But this is the Bad Batch. So we're focused on yeah. a story-driven plot with these characters. And them going on side quests, like, for, to me, it felt like maybe, like, 65% of the season was kind of like, okay, I am I am custom to to the Clone Wars kind of genre, right? I, I grew up with it. I was okay. Actually, I, I love the episodes where it was just, C-3PO and R2, and they just traveled across the galaxy, and they would go on on random adventures. I love that. Uh, But with the Bad Batch, I think what excited a lot of people was they were in a timeline that was directly after the most terrible, horrifying experience that's ever happened in the galaxy, right? And then you get the first three episodes this season where you deal with – where you have them going to a place that we're very familiar with, which is Count Dooku's area. That's great. That's wonderful. And then you have the second episode that is kind of, you know, showing you that not all the separatists were bad and Count Dooku was like the main person in charge and, and was like, okay, cool. You know, and then you have the third episode and it's like crosshair Cody. They're dealing with that whole thing of after order 66, where they have to, you know, kind of battle with their demons of saying, you know, I, I did try and kill the people that I was friends with. And do I accept that? Uh, maybe, probably not. And that's where Cody, and that's why Cody leaves. And 
It takes a while for Crosshair. Honestly, every episode that Crosshair's in, that was the plot-driven episodes for me. And, yeah. I think yeah. That, yeah. I think that's yeah, 100%. What we wanted from this show. Like, we wanted to see, like, the Bad Batch after Order 66. We Like, I think almost everyone was like, great, we're going to see clones after Order 66. Yeah. We're going to see how they handle all this. And honestly speaking, like, looking back on this season, like, if we discount the first two episodes that dropped at once, we really only had, like, six quote-unquote side quest episodes, if you don't count Tipping Point and then these two here, which is yeah. only a mere, like, 37% of the season. But I think it's just because of the pacing that felt so awkward with so many of these stories not paying off that it feels like so much of it was filler because we didn't get payoffs. We didn't, we got so much setup. We kept raising, like we kept like, you know, getting ready for something important and it kind of fell off. And you know, clone wars, it was like three episode arcs for everything. Everything had a distinct beginning, middle end, it had a payoff. Everything felt concise. Mm -hmm. Uh, and or like you know some a slower start but then everything started beginning to pay off everything felt important like it had something to say um this reminds me this season reminds me of the original release of rebels seasons when people were really complaining about like filler episodes and then it kind of had a great start and a great end but kind of like the original reception of rebels is reminding me a lot of the reception of this season and i'm wondering if we're going to see a similar turnaround in our opinions and the entire fandom's opinion on this season, or if it's going to remain constant with how we're feeling about it right now. Well, I think, and I think that's where, depending on what they do with season three, I think we could really see a different opinion. Cause I think what you said about there being a whole lot of episodes this last season, that it's not that they were like, they were story driven. It's just that they didn't pay off this season. And so I think, you know, if next season we see some of those payoffs, then you go back and watch the whole thing. I could see where those become more important. They become more, like forgivable um but i think you're right that with this season because we didn't get the payoffs it was like well why was that important why did i need to see that but yet if they do have it in season three i can see where some of those like in hindsight there might be a little bit more yeah yeah i, 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 I see that there i totally agree with that like you look back at the initial Onderon episodes in the clone wars those mm-hmm. were episodes that I felt the same way about. Yeah. When they came out. And now they feel like they actually mean something. Yeah. Because yeah. of other content that we got in yeah. the Clone yeah. Wars and Bad Batch and obviously Rebels and Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly think, I think if they wrap up a lot of these storylines in season three or four. Um, I honestly think people will look back on season two and think it's actually pretty good. And I think it really is just the feeling of us all kind of hanging here at the end being like, but Cody, Rex, Echo, like, what what happened? So I think when they wrap these up, I think we're actually going to look back and be like, actually, yeah, good season. This definitely feels like a season finale part one to a season three that just has almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it boils down to all of us just craving more. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's a great way to put it. And a great way to open with or to end with for the summit. Uh
rated so far an 8.6 on IMDb. Okay. So what are your guys' thoughts on rating it out of 10 of where this episode sits for you? So I think if I personally was to think of it not as the season finale and me trying to wrap up everything, I actually loved the episode. Like I thought the episode mm-hmm. was really, really good. It's mm-hmm. just that it left a lot of stuff for a finale. So the episode alone, I'd say it was great. It was eight, nine. Like I think it was a good episode. I just would have wanted more in a finale. So yeah, I would I would agree entirely. It, it yeah. was very much a ignore all the other story parts. Great like bird mission. Great yeah. setup. Great execution. Ends in a dramatic way. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in I context, well. it's a little, it falls a little flat. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with Star Chris. I, I personally, if this was like episode even like episode 13 or 14 like close to the season finale but not exact i would have given it an eight i might have even given it a nine uh but because of where it's at it's honestly it's like a seven for me just it feels like it didn't pay off as much for a season finale especially marketed as a season finale didn't do it for me yeah I don't know. I'm giving it like a seven because like I like I enjoyed I think it's because this one was actually plot driven. And we also saw not just because we saw some familiar faces, but because we're getting into the age more into the age of the empire. And and it was more dark. It was more gritty. And we've had a lot of light episodes. And I was, you know, kind of excited to, you know, see um things not go well for the bad batch and the reason why is because we need more character growth for um for this team because it's it's not going to be sun it's not going to be sunshines and 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 rainbows like every day like something's going to happen something's going to come their way and something finally did come their way that they that someone wasn't a match for um and it's it's the balance of of sacrifice and i mean because to me which we'll talk about but the whole thing with tech not making it was kind of like what what um yes i know and, and we'll talk about that too but um to me it was kind of like of what harrison ford was trying to do with with the character han solo he wanted the character to die so so that could kind of inspire them to um like luke and leia i mean for them to fight harder for the cause in some way and i think with tech leaving the group that's definitely going to um help the group more move forward because of you know tech died for the cause of of you know his brother crosshair and he and for just all clones in general and going forward i think this is going to help the group go forward and i think that i think the bad batch definitely needed a loss in order for them to win the big fight yeah, and that's a great lead into talking about going into Plan 99, uh, which yeah. at the opening, when you know the title's going, the Bad Batch, Plan 99, it didn't have the second part of that drum roll. It had yeah. a very like somber opening, which you know mirrored our feelings uh, of where they were at. And it, it got right to the chase. It cut right to showing they are stranded, you know, miles above a mountain range on a you know, little tram car being shot at by TKs 
and Tech once again shows himself to be the person able to, you know, do the heavy lifting, get up and try and save the entire group. Uh, TKs are shooting at them. Thank God it wasn't clone commandos because they were missing a lot. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> and then we get some V-Wings come in and I can't, there's a movie that came into my head when this was happening and I can't think of what it was, but it was just the idea of this oppressive, unstoppable force being the V-Wings coming for our heroes struck, stuck on this tram car. It felt like there was nothing they could do, and it felt like there's absolutely going to be a loss here. So there's actually a deleted scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where, <laughs> um, uh, of where they. Really <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, uh, this is an actual real thing. Um, there actually was a deleted scene, uh, in in, in the Last Crusade that never made the final cut or has even been shown to the public. Like that, um, Steven Spielberg was just like, I just it's not happening for me. But but Indy. And his dad were trying to escape the blimp, and they actually had to fight their way off the blimp. And uh, and then again, the get in the plane. Now, as we get in the plane, there is a similar shot of where the three, like like a couple of planes, are going after them, like kind of like the like in the clouds or or whatever. So that's what you know. It made me think of. Yeah. And I'm not pulling that out. Like that's an yeah, actual no, like Colin, thing. I'm just trouble. saying. I love Indiana Jones so incredibly much. I just get in trouble for it. But the silence of the those cockpit shots, yeah. where all you heard was, you know, the sounds of the, you know, tracking or the target lock activating on this small little car. It was really it was sombering from the start. And you really knew that something was gonna happen that no one was ready for. And yeah, no, that's a wonderful little image I cropped up earlier. <laughs> oh no! Uh, tech got buckied, basically. Uh, <laughs> fell off of a tram car, uh, yeah. saying, "When have we ever followed orders and shot the lines to save the rest of the squad, to save Omega, which has been, especially recently." The, the join between Tech and Omega in her training has been very important, very highly showcased. Uh, Tech's growth of emotion for her in the episode after the Lost Echo, when they were yeah. in the game system together, we really saw that connection foster. Um, so seeing Tech sacrifice himself after a squadron of five or so V-Wings are just about to shoot them down. And after he does immediately... Almost immediately, that you know, the tram car reconnects. They start flying off. They crash through a depot. Uh, they all get heavily injured. Yeah, like heavily. Like, dang. Yeah. Like Tech broke his leg in the beginning of the season, but you know, records in a neck brace. Yeah. Uh, this was definitely rapid the advantages. Yeah. I definitely paused it at this time because I was like, "Dang, that hurt!" But like, how much time do we have left to actually season finale this episode? Yeah. And then I was like, there's only 20 minutes left. This isn't, I started getting, like, I, I specifically remember pausing this episode at least four times because I was so worried about the time constraint. I, I think this do. is exactly what we were just talking about, how this is like a really solid episode. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't what we were expecting from a finale episode. You know, 
I think it would have felt more like a finale had had one been a little longer, so we could have got more on the characters' yeah. immediate reactions. Because mm-hmm. the fact that it was the same length as the episode that preceded it kind of felt like they was like pulling its punches. Yeah. No, I mean that's a that's a that's honestly a great point. Like even jumping ahead a little bit to Sid giving a drink to Wrecker, mm-hmm. like her betrayal to the batch was like we all expected it. We've been saying it for yeah. weeks that it's gonna happen. Like it's coming. <laughs> but for multiple episodes, they've had the batch say, We're kind of distancing ourselves from Sid. And then her betrayal paid off in like under two minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. Like that it really felt like they were not trying to they were like they were pulling their punches on all those hits that really could have hurt. Yeah. Even if we knew it was coming, have it like have it so we know that it's happening. And yet I Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think we can all agree that Sid is just kind of a piece of shit. Like <laughs> it's a family friendly podcast. No, 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 no joke. Like 30 seconds ago, Hunter just sent me a text. I just asked you if you could. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if the answer was yes. Yeah. Cause it's just like, yeah. Yes, it's- she is. <laughs> yeah. Like we saw this coming, but to just turn her back, on a group of people who had helped her so much when at literally the life. most vulnerable point yeah, is just a terrible thing to do. And for the credits yeah, too, it, man, like, come on. Well, but yeah. I love this. Like, I really like this. Um, I'm going to get flack for this, but because like, I think that this makes love. bad batch a, um, it's more nuanced, you know? So you have a character that's been kind of helping them all along who actually ends up totally betraying them. Um, And then you've also got, you know, back in the previous episode, one of the Imperials going, hey, clones, like, are really decent soldiers. We, um, you know, they've done a lot of good work, you know? And so you've got, like, this balance where it's like, yeah, the good characters aren't all good, the bad characters aren't all bad, and, like, I think that's... Um, I think it makes it feel like less of a strictly kids show. I um, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And when I called Sid a piece of shit, I wasn't saying that it was like a bad thing for the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The character like, is just a yeah. Piece she's of just terrible. Yeah. yeah, the character yeah. just sucks. Yeah, she's and a I thought person. it was a a great moment yeah. in the story that made a lot of sense, and I think will really lead to a lot of development for the batch and how they they view themselves and what they think their place in the galaxy is obviously different stuff happened in this episode and the last one that's going to change that view and i was kind of thinking about this when um josh was talking about how this part of or this this season felt kind of awkward in its flow yeah and to me, that's like, that's how the batch feels, you know, like they don't know where they're at in the galaxy and mm-hmm. they're trying all these different things. And the way they're acting feels just as disjointed as how some of these story arcs flow. And I don't think that 
I, like it, that could be on purpose. I don't know. I'm not saying it is, but it could be. Um, and it might be in there. They might have chosen these sword arcs to represent that. But it's, it, I think this whole at this whole season is the batch trying to find their place in the galaxy more so than than last season. Last season was them trying to ditch their past, and it end it ended with a very like over the head symbolic moment of Camino, their past literally being destroyed. Yeah. And all of that that was behind them is now gone. This whole season has been them trying to figure out, all right, now that we are not soldiers of the Republic, all of our past is behind us. Where are we? Like, what are we going to do with our family unit what are we going to do with omega what is our responsibility in the galaxy and Mm -hmm. i think this whole season represents that and is culminating in an event that's going to push that forward i agree and i think that hunter kind of exactly what you just said the fact that they've had the beginning part of the the very first part of the season they have that scene where it's like do you really want to raise your kid doing these like missions and craziness like Omega should have friends and like constantly saying like are you soldiers or are you going to be or do you want to like settle down and then obviously them talking about like we should go back to Pabu but no you know Echo wants to join Rex and do soldier stuff and you can kind of see soldier versus completely ditching the whole thing and I'm jumping forward a little bit here but having it be where you find this like okay you have this sacrifice from from tech and they were going to go try to get crosshair. And this is kind of also culminating with like um, rebellion stuff that echo has been doing. It's pitting a lot of, and they're taking them off of the Pabu. It's pitting both of those like options against each other. And you see them kind of eventually choosing not to like retire to Pabu and stopping soldiers also not to do a big rebellion but instead at the very end they choose their family and it's like okay it doesn't matter if it's pabu or if it's being soldiers no we're not we're gonna go after omega you know we're gonna go try to get our family and it almost seems like kind of what you're saying is they're trying to find that place of retirement versus soldiers and it's like they almost settle on family as like the most important thing regardless of where that goes and i think that's kind of a been a theme throughout that season but yeah, sure. yeah. it's very fast and furious in that regard yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Family. Family. you just gotta pick the family yep yeah and right after dominic toretto openly decides to stay with family uh that choice is almost immediately revoked by him of a squad of science security clone commandos surrounding the bar <laughs> Why did you just sound so depressed, man? Like, how much better would it have been to pay off the fact that Scorch was supposed to find what that ship was? Who had Omega? Because maybe he finds someone else. Maybe he finds Grogu, and maybe that is the connection. Maybe, like, like to the Mandalorian, he's like, "Hey, you like told me to, you know, to." You know, find someone. I couldn't find Omega, so I found Grogu. How, how funny Sue me, but I got my hopes up, and I really thought that this was going to be the introduction of Delta Squad at the very end of the season of them capturing the Batch. I felt that fit with Scorch's introduction, 
Like I wanted to be more than just eye candy for three episodes now of the Bad Batch in its totality. Okay, I'm gonna cut you off and put an okay. optimistic twist on how Screw sad we all are that we didn't see the Delta squad. <laughs> how would you feel if next season, when we get to this clone rebellion that we're kind of all hoping is going to happen, I assume they're going to be pulling a lot of clones out of Mount Pantis, out of like the labs and stuff. Mm-hmm. What if Scorch is still working for the Empire, but the rest of the Deltas are basically in Crosshair's position. Yeah. Like what if Scorch I, totally just pulls the Darman? I am fully I mean granted Crosshair is definitely pulling a Darman right now, so we ought to see like a recursive version of that in Scorch. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm at a point right now after how Commandos retreated this episode with multiple armed with DC 17M commandos being taken down by Wrecker and a neck brace and an unarmed hunter. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of wondering, do I want to see Delta Squad come into this? Like, I want them to be formidable villains who feel like a super bad, strong, smart, like, perfect foil. In season one, we did see Scorch hold up way better than the other. Yeah, no. Scorch Scorch in season one, great. And I, I don't want it to be another Boba Fett where Boba Fett and Mando season two was, like... Perfect, and Boba then Boca Boba came out. Like I, yeah. I don't want that to happen. I want it to stay. Uh, if if they use Delta Squad, like they've chosen to use Scorch's visuals and now his name, I want it to be for a purpose rather yeah. than just oh hey look, do you play that video game? Like in two thousand five, you'll recognize that guy. Yeah. Well, it- you say you don't want fan service just for the fan service. Yes, I want it for story. And so <laughs> I, I, I am telling you though, the them going the way that they are, uh, with like of the whole process of of the of the Republic becoming the Empire, they're not going to have the same color scheme, um, most likely, because well, right, but next season it's going to be further into the timeline. So I'm guessing that if we do see them, I remember the old action figures I, I used to have, and it was clone commandos, but their armor was all black. I could see something Omega. in the lines of that. What I yeah. give, Dude. I would I would forgive absolutely everything if I saw Death Trooper armor painted like Delta Squad. That would be so cool. I'd forgive. <laughs> I yeah no I'd forgive absolutely everything, except for the fact that I don't think this is a good season finale. Yeah. But I still forgive a lot. Uh, <laughs> but I anyway. think that's a pipe dream. I mean, yeah, it dude, it, I agree. It's, it's a pipe dream. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a pipe dream. If yeah. someone would do it, it would be Dave Filoni. But at the same time, I think like just for story purposes, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to happen. No. And if we do see the be- if if we do see Delta Squad, it's gonna also gonna be probably not the color scheme that you want. Probably won't be like the game. Very interesting point. I talked to Karen Travis not but a couple months ago about what she envisioned Imperial Commandos paint jobs to look like, uh, in like how Delta Squad would look because they didn't really get a lot in the Imperial Commando novelization. She was like, I really just thought like their brow line 
right here would be their old color. Like Fix would have a green line here. Boss would have an orange line here. Like nothing else. Everything else would be like, that's all they could get away with. It's just this little bit of individuality. And uh, so you bring up possible different paint jobs for these commandos. And I think of that and, Granted, I'm okay with that since it came out of Karen Travis's mouth. I probably wouldn't be if it was some fan art. Uh, but I'm open to the idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with this like series of scenes with the with the commandos showing up that kind of threw me off was you had like groups of TKs and then you had groups of commandos, and the difference in the fighting there there wasn't any. Um, it was like you ran into a group of TKs or commandos and it felt like it was pretty much the same difficulty level. Um, Wait, this might be a dumb question and we may already know the answer, but have we seen those commandos with their helmets off? Do we know they're actually under there? No. No, so there are a total of 50 clone commandos that were on either... I don't know if the training facility for the TKs were on the same planet as Mount Tantus, or if that was different, but there were well, 50 commandos on that planet training yeah. TKs. But do we know all of those Tantus yeah. security-looking so, commandos so, are actually clone troopers under there? Yeah, so we don't know if science security ones are... That's what I'm calling them. I don't know what their actual name is. Because that, like, that's what yeah. Gregor said when he was rescued. Don't know. Yeah, that yeah. he was there training their replacements. Yeah, that's a good point. With the Empire focusing so hard on new armor, though, like I can't help but think that these are still clones. I mean, purges were still clones. Yeah, yeah. and I mean the ones that we've like know. heard speak kind of you know like in the zillow beast episode they sounded like clones um Mm -hmm. but that might be an extrapolation of yeah but i don't know but yeah so scorch (laughs) comes down like batman and just stuns (laughs) omega because (laughs) scorch is dave's favorite (laughs) so that was scorch right yeah 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 okay good good okay Scorch coming down from rooftops, like some omnipresent god. Um, Josh, you might want to speak up a little bit more because of your mic was kind of. Oh no, worries. I've been moving around. I changed it up. Uh, (laughs) Scorch come down, comes down like some omnipresent god and tases the child, and uh, we see Hunter and Record escape a bat a. Basically, over a squad of clone commandos with roughly no difficulty, without damaging their already incredibly broken bodies. Uh, and then, as they're running across the rooftops trying to save and find where Omega is, they see the ship raise. They see it leave. Omega's gone with Scorch and with the science security commandos. They have won this encounter. They got their bargaining chip with Nalase. Nalase. They got what they needed from it. And of course, they immediately try and get back to the Marauder. We have, you know, a series of shots of the Marauder smoking, exiting the atmosphere, you know, reflecting where the batch is. They're broken. They're hurt. They're 
just making it by. They've not only lost Omega, but they lost Tech not but a, probably a day ago, maybe two days ago. Uh, and, oh, I almost glossed over this. Michael Jackson throws Tech's goggles. Yes, yeah. I was hoping you would talk about that because if yeah, not, I, I was going to. Yeah, I think this is a good point to discuss theories on if we think Tech is actually dead. Yeah. Yes, he's so alive. I oh, think there. Yeah. He's gonna have a metal arm. <laughs> well, okay, okay. No I, I'm sorry, but like, how many people in Star Wars have actually died from falling? I need to see a book. Bu- like, well, seriously, mm-hmm. see, I'm so glad we're talking about that. No, so Solo many- was stabbed before he fell. True, but like, just so- solidly from falling, like nobody, like somehow Palpatine returned. Like, like even if you get cut in half in Star Wars and you fall, you might yeah. survive. Like, there's no okay, way. Okay, so the difference. Okay, here we go. I'll I'll just go full nerd out on you, Renee. Okay, so the difference <laughs> between Maul and the Emperor and Echo is that they're force sensitive, right? So, so, uh, okay, um, I uh, so. <laughs> So Maul used his anger through the dark side to um to bring all this trash and use it like as like his bottom half of the body and that kept him alive. His anger kept him alive. The Emperor, you know, that line from Rise of Skywalker somehow Palpatine returned in reality. He just somehow tech returned. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna it. happen. He found the emperor his, put his soul into a clone. That's essentially what he did. Yeah, but um, okay, but like, how about this? In, at, in season one of the Bad Batch, Hunter also falls off a mountain, and he's fine. And right, the first episode of this show, people fall from like sea crates from the like, sky. Like, yeah, people survive crazy falling experience, and, and plus. Plus, they're falling into. We don't know what he's falling into. Like, start. We were talking about this earlier, but like, we there was clouds. It was foggy. We don't know if he fell into water. We don't know if he fell into like a bunch of soft trees. Uh, You know. So, (laughs) so do you think he just like found some goggles like on a shelf and was like, "All right, these have to be no, no." He has no. He he's got him. Yeah. So he fell. He survived. The science people picked him up. And yeah. they're probably taking him to Tantus. Yeah. Very improbable idea. But do you guys think we have Tech being captured and them using Tech's brain for solving the Kamino and cloning secrets? Like a very Echo reminiscent thing. Which to me feels very improbable that we get a almost direct copy. It almost feels very derivative of what Echo went through. Or are we going to have Savage tech where he's like living off the land completely like cut off from the world and he feel he has he's almost a crosshair-esque character now where you know he sacrificed himself for the batch and now he's alone and they didn't come back for him but uh, almost on a different level i i bet i mean if if michael jackson has his glasses And, caved in. and yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Like, okay, granted, sure, they could have fallen off while Tech fell, but we've never seen them come off of his head. Those goggles are sturdy. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Uh, so that means he either found his body or found his alive body. Um, anyway, and so I think that there's no way that he's not. If he's alive, he's at Tantus. That's just yeah. I 
that's where he is. And like you already you're accumulating people there. You've got Crosshair there. Now Omega's there. Mm-hmm. I feel like it makes a lot of sense to have Tech be there. There might be more storylines now in season three where it's like Tech and Crosshair. They've set up a lot of like Tech mm-hmm. Crosshair, like their opinions about each other's brothers, all this different stuff. You have him talk about that in the in this first um episode of the finale. I wouldn't be surprised if they pull in some tech and crosshair stuff next season. Um yeah. but I think if I mean, he's alive, he's with he's at Tantus. I mean if he's at Tantus, we have two of maybe the two most closed off Bad Batch members together yeah. with the most open Bad Batch member yeah. being Omega. Mm-hmm. Which would be a very interesting dynamic to see, especially in a quote unquote prison scenario. Especially Tantus. Yeah, especially since like Tech was the one that was so advocating to go after Crosshair. Um yeah. an interesting thing to have him be the one I, who could I could it. also so if Tech is indeed alive and I could see that being a possibility because Michael Jackson definitely exactly wants to like he wants to learn from the batch members yeah. genetically to know what the Cameron Owens did. Yeah. Um, I could see them going the the fee route from the, the Republic Commando books, where basically Tech is not able to like maintain the the abilities that he had before. Like he's he's gonna suffer permanent injury from this, and that's gonna mm-hmm. be a very interesting dynamic for the Bash to deal mm-hmm. with as well. They honestly yeah. will do an echo of Echo. Like yeah. that's the best way to <sighs> describe it. Like I, it's yeah, it's sad. I, I really but wanted to not be an echo of Echo is the thing. Like I, I really wanted to. I, I know I, they probably won't. In hindsight, I'm just trying to think of a plausible way that fits and makes sense narratively. Where I think going has a story diverse deserving of tech. I think going the fee route would. Yeah, and and for people listening to stuff, when I say fee, I don't mean fee as in the. Explorer person, pirate person that we saw this season. Fee is a Republic Commando from Omega Squad in the books. And I think it's an explosion, but he suffers brain damage. Orbital bombardment? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate the verification. But he... (laughs) You haven't read the books? Yo, wait, hold. Christian, what? (laughs) I appreciate the clarification because I'm pretty sure there's also people in the audience who haven't read yes. uh, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wanted to clarify. Oh. So he, he suffers like brain damage and I think he's, yeah. he's paralyzed from the legs down. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. For a while. Yeah. Right. So he, that's like a very, very personal character struggle for him. And it leads to very, very big changes in his character and their squad dynamic and what their goals are as a squad for their place with with everything. And I think that could be a really cool thing to see with the batch and a really interesting direction to go with the outcome of what just happened. Yeah. Okay. But are we going to consider even for like a second, like what if he actually is dead? I think it's still going to lead to a lot of important, character changes for the batch obviously they're going to have to learn how (laughs) to deal with actually losing a member of the batch which they haven't done yet like they Mm. thought they lost crosshair he wasn't actually dead echo left he came back but he did come back 
Yeah. And now they're going to have to deal with really truly losing an integral part of their family. I and, yeah, and you bring a good point, Hunter. Even if they get back to tech, if they follow this fire route of him losing who he was, of tech losing who he was, they still lost the old tech. Right. They they've still lost him, and that still continue mm-hmm. the dynamic and that growth in a new way that also harkens to what a lot of the Bad Batch show has been about, which is kind of bringing a fictional viewpoint or bringing a viewpoint through fiction to how veterans are treated within our modern society. And that's something mm. they could definitely bring light to mm-hmm. by bringing a highlight to that through tech. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I personally think that if tech is actually dead, it would be a larger part of a story arc to redefine the entire batch in the yep. next season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that could actually be the route they might take with because instead of it being another, oh, we've subverted expectations, he falls off screen and then we know he's dead but comes back. Yeah. We get instead a four like a three or four episode on next season being like, oh no, he you know, Omega is convinced he's still alive in some way, and it just is a four episode arc of them having to come to terms with no, we've we've been there we've tracked it we found his body he's yep. dead yeah. i absolutely agree i in hindsight one of the things i really don't like about the mandalorian show is grogu wasn't away from din long enough if i rewatch the show exactly. like in actual time like you know we had the season two finale and it felt like ages where the two were apart but if i rewatch the show it didn't feel like that much time. I'd really like for it to be <clears throat> gone for a good period of time in the next season so that if I ever rewatch the show, it still feels like he was gone and it was real instead yeah. of just a really quick like, oh, gotcha. He's yeah. actually still here. I, I don't want the game. I don't want a thing down and talking in a press room explanation over a gap of time. I want it to be felt and laid out story-wise that no... This period of time has passed. These events have happened. This explains why these things are the way they are as we see them now. Instead of it being like, yeah, uh, we know it feels like a week since, you know, Din left Grogu and then came back. Um, It's actually been two years. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, absolutely. And uh, just to finish out a summary of the season so we can just kind of rant without, you know, wondering what's actually happened. Uh, Omega, and I th- I think I counted it. It was let's see, four, a, it was fifteen science security commandos and scorch on that landing platform. So a good sizable amount of people who could practically win the war themselves, uh, escorting a child only. Uh, and then we see Lama said, uh, she's like. You're kind of debating: Will she still help them now that they have Omega? And then the ultimate bargaining chip comes out: Well, we'll we'll hurt Omega. She will suffer now that we have her. She is not here to help you with your research. She is here to make sure you do it. Which is very Empire, very Mm -hmm. classic instruction. And uh, Omega is released into a room filled with vials of humanoid figures be them clones or Snoke or more clone troopers from Jango Fett. Uh, and then lo and behold, the only other Kiwi voice actor uh, <laughs> happens to remove her goggles and have a very Jango Fett nose. 
which means she must be a clone. Yeah. So, which All right. is interesting. I've got a theory here. Oh. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Okay, so my, I'm guessing either two things. Either that she is um, a, a clone as well, and then, like, but her, her aging process got kind of sped up like the other clones. Or two, she's Jango Fett's, she's Jango Fett's actual daughter. Um, Wait, didn't Fett have a, Fett had a sister? Yeah, Django had or, a sister. Yeah. Like, what, what was so, her name? Um, uh, dang it. Lady Miss Fett. No, it was, I'll look it sister up. Sister Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. What if she's Sister Fett? Some some actual relation, and she ends up not being a clone, but she got into the cloning field. Big Arla Fett. Arla Fett, Arla thank Fett. you. Okay. So I um I would be totally fine if it was just some type of relation to Django Fett. I think that would be great. Um, if it ends up being a clone that is, you know, that has the same sped up aging process as the as like as rex and everyone then i was just like hey you know i'm fine with that but i think it would be cool if it was like an actual like real relation to Django fett i think that would be great and if she's like a sister to Django, maybe omega is a clone of her or like there could be like a revelation of omega's right. history that could erupt yeah. from that uh and start an, an just acknowledge we got one minute of crosshair laying on the table. So he's officially been in 25% of the episodes of the Bad Batch season two. Thanks, Josh. You're welcome. One uh, but yeah, no, and that's that's you, the end. You that skipped it. You skipped oh, an integral part of the last Did part of the episode. Um <laughs> that I about died laughing. I loved it. Um it was during the time where there's way too many commandos to be escorting a child. And mm -hmm. our bestest friend, Scorch, just has the absolute jerk move of just, like, shoving a child <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Yeah, no. Fantastic. I was just like, wow, that was so unnecessary, bud. But yeah, I, I we listened to Scorch's voice line from two or three episodes ago, however long it was, too long. <laughs> He sounded like very Sev like. Like D gave him a he very did. gruff, low yeah. voice, which yeah. yeah, like gives him that veteran clone commando feel. But Are you saying that that's like a feel. reason why he would shove a child or Yes. <laughs> because you know, Sev would probably shove a child. Anyone with that. a gruff voice, I'm not gonna finish that sentence. Uh but yeah, no, I think it might be <laughs> Hey <laughs> <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm yeah, no, I mean, to be fair, I mean, the commandos look great. They look amazing. They look better with green paint on them. I'm just going like, to label this, like, episode just our, our group just talks about Delta Squad. Colin, Christian, and that, the rest of the gang. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else get a Superman vibe from Clone Lady being like, "You couldn't recognize me." Took off her glasses. I'm your sister, and like all the dots Clark are deeply connected. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not super excited about that revelation. I don't know about everyone else. I, it I just, it was a weird thing to throw in at the yeah. like end of the finale. Um, yeah, I think it could end up being cool. It, yeah. It, I it hope could. it has 
a good explanation in relation to the clones. Yes. Yes. And I, I get where you're coming from, Colin. That could be cool if it was in relation to Django, but I think story-wise it makes more sense and could seem yeah. more meaningful if we learned something about the clones and, and Omega yes. specifically yeah. from her. You know what I just realized? I don't think Rex dyes his hair blonde. No. Omega's a clone and she has blonde hair. This yeah. person's it's a clone a and she has brown hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always thought he like dyed it like every other day and like reshaped no. his head. <laughs> and that was like Rex's like pre-battle routine. His was, helmet's like, got I got a really nice like there. root job set up inside of it. So it just yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope that Hunter. I hope that kind of what you said that that there's like a a revelation to it rather than just like yeah. Because because part of me was like worried like oh no is this just another like and now a new clone and there's not really a lot of point to it. It's just kind of like shock value. Shock value. Here's a, <sighs> yeah, here's a new character that's related. Um, like I really hope that it has to do with like, Oh, we, we have to have this clone lady because of this other, like, I really hope there's a, a, a good story chunk um, that has to do with it. Um, because otherwise it feels a little bit like we've never like, established why there's if we suddenly have two female clones and we've never had them before in star wars history it it's kind of a weird like what yeah omega I think, loses something yeah. that made her really unique omega is immediately going to be inquisitive about this because that's just like who she is you know yeah i think yeah. we're gonna see omega find out a lot about herself through this other clone. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I it's gonna be interesting seeing Omega in a different environment, learning in a different environment from a different if this person becomes a quote unquote mentor to Omega, kind of being a almost an echo of what she was on Camino, a female clone working in the cloning science department, what that means for her, what that means and what she could learn. Yeah. That means in so many ways, but at the end of the day, to me, it felt like another season two, like lob up softball that we're not going to see hit out of the park for a year or two. It's yeah. going to get punted. Yeah. yeah. It also sounds like Omega might be doing more like of getting tortured than being an apprentice, but yeah. you know. Important to remember Omega's a hostage. <laughs> Omega yeah. is a hostage. And yeah. uh, once again, up the Empire. Around. Bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> and we never saw good colors on our commandos. Uh, what would you guys rate this episode? Because again, going back to IMDb, this has an insane, and to me, an insane 9.3 right now on IMDb, which to me, I see tech quote unquote die, Omega get captured, Sid give them up, and then just setting up for next season. I don't see a lot of this episode being holistic, I don't see a 9.3 to me. I see like another 7, maybe an 8, because we got Scorch. I but, gave it like an 8 yeah. when I watched it this morning. I would give it an Seven. 8 as well. Yeah. Like, I, it, again, yeah. very good episode. Does not feel like it's supposed to be where it is. Yeah, and that's where, to me, it's like, if it's a standalone episode, I think it's 
actually great. Like I think it's a nine. I got to see commandos. Sure. Could they fight? Not super well, but like I saw them, but as, as part of a season finale, yeah, I'd go yeah. with probably a seven or an eight. This is, this is one of those weeks where I was really, st- I, I feel like next week's episode would be so amazing. And we're not going to get it for like a year and a half. To <laughs> but you. there isn't. <laughs> yeah, but there isn't. Like, Well, that's something that I wanted to talk about. Um, because we do have the panel for the Bad Batch at Star Wars Celebration. And they will probably talk about season three. Will we get a trailer, a teaser? Probably not. Maybe like a small uh-huh. teaser. Maybe even like a recording from for scene for the next one. But we're probably not getting it until maybe late 2024, early 2025. Yeah. Um, is is my guess. And my other prediction is Dave Filoni will come out on the stage kind of very similar to what he did during the panels for Rebels. And he might wear a shirt that says um, tech lives question mark. And then like maybe he might come out and wearing another one that, you know, kind of kind of hints at that tech lives. Yeah. Um, I could see him doing something like that. Um, I want because- him to come out wearing a Winter Soldier shirt. Yeah, yeah. No. he's a Dave Filoni yeah. wearing a, like a chrome arm from uh, <laughs> that guy who's making them amazingly. Uh, yeah. But you know, we had a year and a third between season one and season. It was almost just a year, and it was yeah. just a year and a third. Um, what do you guys think we're gonna have as the gap here? I mean, with Ahsoka, with all these new shows, I mean, how long do you think we will have to wait, Colin? Uh, so are you asking what we're going to have in like, like of the gap, like, or between seasons of the bad batch, how long do you think we're going to have to wait before either starting to see trailers or starting to see a continuation of the story that really on its whole was just setting up the next season? Probably my guess is okay. So you've got Ahsoka, which is going to be like the main focus, right? So boom, um, uh, for the rest of the year, because that is Dave Filoni's baby um and he's doing a whole show about it so we know that's going to be his main focus going forward i think the bad batch will probably come back late 2024 or 2025 and they'll announce that at star celebration um that year because 2024 is going to be that slow year right you've only got two main big show projects you've got acolyte and you've got andor and that has nothing to do with clones at all and dave filoni is not having any like main involvement in any of those shows um so i think that's going to give him time to make season four amazing of mando and finish off the bad batch for season three because as great as as season um three of mando is it was kind of slow on the start of getting the ball rolling on for the plot just like this season of bad batch uh and for the bad batch i think we're just getting one more season that's my guess i i i think season three is going to be the only i like also agree bad batch is going to end up in like closing yeah. out in season three yeah because again these characters aren't people that we see in rebels these aren't characters that we see in the future if someone was to you know you know actually step forward and um and live i'm guessing it would be probably wrecker I would love to say Hunter, but I think it would be Wrecker that would survive out of you know everyone. Um, I I could all see Echo doing it, but if Echo survived, then it's like why was he with Rex? Like, and I need to see if it's Crosshair. Not saying that just to get I like favor with Crosshair. people on the like, but like what honestly like the person who was abandoned by the rest of the batch. What if he's the person that carries on their mantle? 
That'd be that'd honestly really interesting to see. And he joins the Max Ribbo band on Tatooine, like on his show's <laughs> awesome. Who knows? Uh, before we end, I did want to ask, um, because some people listening, this is their first time going to Celebration, and everyone here has been to Celebration, correct? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Do any of you have any tips um, for the listeners for going to celebration for the first time? Because I know last year was some of your guys' first time going to celebration. Don't try and do everything. Okay. All right. Uh, Take some time to chill and enjoy the atmosphere because it's such a unique and special environment to be in surrounded by so many like-minded people. Um, and there's a lot of experiences that you can have at Celebration that are things you can really only experience there with a crowd of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. So, I mean, any con that has like a wide range of fandoms behind it can't compare to just everyone's there for Star Wars and Star yep. Wars only. And to me, like it was, it was my, it was my second con ever like that's not you know the one that's local to me and honestly the most important thing for me was just making sure to spend time with my friends and be open to random spontaneous things just occurring and going to them and enjoying that atmosphere that was i i have so many experiences from that celebration where it was like hey do you want to like go do this or do you go just watch kenobi do you want to you know whatever it was like go get dinner like there's so many things that just stick out and are key things for me that just because I had an open mind and was open to something random occurring. And that was the most important thing for me. Yeah. I will also say one other thing before I let other people give tips. Um, (laughs) Even if it's a little bit out of your comfort zone, talk to other people when you're there because you can meet some awesome people at celebration. I'm a prime example. I want to be married. If well, I did not, no, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. The podcast would not exist if, if, if David did not cut in front of me in line. And yes, he, he will tell you he didn't, but he hundred yeah. percent did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, talk to people like, like yeah. honestly, there's, there's people honestly. that I sat next to. Nope. Oh, uh, once you're sat next to people, uh, for podcast listeners who can't hear you <laughs> up. <laughs> oh man no wait that was gonna be so inspirational and then it just <laughs> no no you're a robot hunter oh he's gone <laughs> let me fill it in uh i stood next to someone like in line who gone. yelled at me for having a chair in my backpack i remember so I this next to people and talk to them they yeah. might be weird and they might be great you might have amazing experiences on on top of the just being open and like it's, it's, this is the only place you're ever gonna find this larger collection of Star Wars fans in one sitting. Um, if you're going to spend all day in costume, remember to hydrate. That Drink was water. my tip. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And also hydrate. take your showers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yes, because sometimes you'll be standing in line and you don't need to be, you know, smelling the. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just nobody I'm, wants I'm a stinky saying. trooper next yeah. to them. Yeah. Um, my my mine is that like two of them. So the first the first day I 
was there, which was my first celebration was last year. Um, I almost fainted the first day because I was like so like I didn't drink any water and I was like super nervous. I didn't eat enough food and like it was so overwhelming. I almost fainted. And so make sure you eat your food and drink your water. Don't be dumb like me. Um, and then my other piece of advice is talk to people because I'm shy. And so there was all these times that I was like, oh, I wish I would have talked to someone or I wish I would have like actually done something, but I'm like so shy. Um, and so go talk to people and like, and like, don't be afraid to like walk up and be like, cool. We like the same things. Let's chat. Um, because that's what everyone's there for. And, um, yeah. and the times where that did happen was some of the coolest times <coughs> for our celebration and not don't don't worry about being, you know, a bother or being shy. Just go up and talk Star Wars with people because that's, that's why we're YouTube. all there. That's yeah. why we're all there. And I, yeah. I need to take my own advice. <laughs> all right, Hunter, go. Expectation, wear a clone commando costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's a great uh, one, actually. One other suggestion too. As someone who rarely ever goes to panels at cons, go to oh. panels at Celebration. Okay, yeah. so that's something I wanted to talk about real quick, too. That's just because we're Star Wars fans. You so. may not get into panels. That's going to happen. It's going to be frustrating at first, but you're going to have to shake it off, and you are just going to have to um, just kind of just be happy where you are because it's going to suck at the time. Um, alternatively, you might be the only one in your friend group to get into a panel. Yeah. And make new friends there. And also, talking to people might lead you to conversations like, hey, you know, I've got this for the Ahsoka panel, but I really didn't want to go. You know, you seem nice. Would you like this? You know, there are some people out there that are like that. So it's important to network, make connections, make friends, you know. Maybe meet the you know the the future wife or husband or spouse in your future. Like you never know who you're gonna meet at these conventions. So I like take everyone's advice, take stars' advice, talk to people. You never know who you're gonna meet. You yeah, never know. I don't expect to get married because of celebration though. <laughs> like, <laughs> anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, but I'll jump it's off happened. of not the marriage thing, but odds. Right. But my general advice would just be go for it. And it, maybe it's talking to people. Maybe it's, I mean, whatever it is, you'll find yeah. yourself at some point at Star Wars Celebration be like, oh, should I do it? And just do it. Just, yeah, yeah just go for it. All like, of the things that we, um, me and Star did there, we were like, oh, do we want it? And it's like, yeah, all the best experiences were just, yeah. yep, just dive right in. So dive right in. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, don't forget to hate on the British while you're there. Well, yeah. Don't no, sneak no. into a harbor. Yeah. No. No. Don't. No. No. Um. With that being with that being said, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at Stuff Pod. Um, we're also on Patreon. Please go ch check us out on Patreon at Stars. Uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187, TikTok, search Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We also have email, search Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a website, go and check that out. Uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast Network.com, Twitch, Star Wars Stuff Gaming, and please go follow our wonderful friends, 
Jake underscore I underscore Hunter, comma, Kenobi and around underscore around. <laughs> Star Spangled <laughs> Comet, underscore around. And I'm the captain of 501. These are fantastic people. They have been on this entire journey um, for the Bad Batch breakdown. Don't worry. You will see them in the future for other breakdowns, for Ahsoka, maybe for a five-hour rant about the Delta uh, Delta Squad. You never know, but they're around. Um, yeah. Uh, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you all. Uh, and we'll we'll see you in celebration. Uh, may the force be with you and again, farewell and goodbye.